Welcome friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life. And we both know that that life starts inside of you. If you want to say goodbye to anxiety, frustration, and negative self-talk, and say hello to peace, mindfulness, gratitude, and living your best life, you've come to the right place. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not social conditioning, and not your past. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready. It's time to feel incredible from the inside out. Hello and welcome back. Thanks for tuning in to another interview episode on the Awesome Inside Out podcast. If you enjoy this conversation today, the absolute best way that you can always support is by popping over to iTunes and leaving a five-star review. Leaving a review ensures that the podcast reaches more individuals who may be in need of the support and guidance. So thank you so much in advance. Also make sure to stay till the end as I'm going to offer you some applicable takeaways and a fun challenge this week to upgrade your health and your life. All right, so if you're feeling burned out, specifically in your career, this episode is for you. Finding harmony and well-being is often a challenge when we have become so accustomed to the societal rules of when we should work, how we should work, and what expectations we should place on ourselves. In this episode, I'm sitting down with Courtney Peacock, a holistic business coach who helps entrepreneurs discover harmony in every area of their life through rethinking their relationship with themselves first. After years of working in the hospice industry, Courtney realized that life is short and the hustle and bustle leaves even some of the most successful individuals feeling unfulfilled at the end of their days. This experience helped Courtney solidify her values and embody a holistic view of the entrepreneurial life. As a coach, Courtney believes that everyone, if they choose, can have a wildly successful career and a rich personal life. She spends her days helping her clients do just that. In this episode, we're going to discuss navigating moments of stress and certain belief systems that really need to be reinvented as we step further into more empowered leadership roles that are in alignment with our health and well-being. And so if you feel right now exhausted, burned out, and really unable to properly set the boundaries you need in your day-to-day life, this episode is perfect for you. Hi, Courtney. So wonderful to have you here today. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited that we had a chance to connect in the midst of the pandemic, and I got to learn about your amazing work. I remember leaving our conversation feeling so inspired, specifically because I work with several entrepreneurs and CEOs as well that have spent so many years of their lives putting their business first before Mm -hmm. their health and well-being. And so a lot of the work I'm doing is around mindset shift in order to help them recognize why it is that they are living out this reality. And so when I talked to you, it was inspiring to see that you were addressing the similar topic in the same way and specifically from some different angles. And so as you have really over the last several years positioned yourself as a leading performance and stress coach, 
I would love to begin with your journey, specifically on your sobriety and overcoming an eating disorder and how those experiences have really influenced your desire to want to help others live this more fulfilling life through creating abundance and a successful business. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been quite the journey. (laughs) I guess this all really started like the root of all of this is obviously for all of us, like we have situations and experiences in childhood that kind of shape who we become, whether we realize it or not. And I was a child that wasn't encouraged to be authentically expressed. And so that pressure to be on all the time and to be a certain way, whether that was like be polite or you know, don't speak unless spoken to, or I was hyper aware, I guess is what I'm saying, of like my surroundings. And that put me into kind of this constant fight or flight mode. And I remember having like crippling social anxiety in high school. And so when I was introduced to substances that made me feel like I could escape and be myself Mm -hmm. and kind of like express the things that I had been like holding inside for so long, Mm -hmm. it really was a recipe for overindulgence. And I kept it under the radar for a really long time. So I still like did well in school. I went to college. I went and got a great job after college. And it wasn't until like my mid to late 20s where it really became a problem. Mm -hmm. And I was able to reflect back on the connection between my eating disorders from around the same age, honestly, when I started drinking and alcohol abuse, like they really went hand in hand. They were almost like masking each other and like helping each other evolve together, which is unfortunate, but I think that's really common. It's kind of something that goes Mm -hmm. hand in hand a lot. And when you dive into the science of it, it's so fascinating because it's like these coping mechanisms for your body being out of balance and out of homeostasis, whether that's from a stress response or trauma or all these other things. And so, you know, it was the wrong thing, but what I was doing was actually like a very high functioning response to my chronic stress and my trauma. So it was around the time that I started to learn more about that in my sobriety that I decided that it was something that I wanted to like dive all in on. And I became a personal trainer kind of by chance. Like I feel like a lot of people end up doing personal training this way, but I was training friends for half marathons and a few of them were like, you should do this. You should be a coach. You're really good at it. And I quickly realized that most of my clients were, you know, showing up for their workouts, they were eating pretty well, they were drinking enough water, they were getting enough sleep. Like I wasn't working with a whole lot of people that couldn't follow through with those things as long as they had accountability. Mm -hmm. But the stress factor and the body image issues were just like so well defined. It was almost like it's just so accepted in our culture to like function that way. (laughs) And um, so I really dove deep with my personal training clients into stress management. And then it just evolved into more of like this performance stress coaching for business owners and entrepreneurs. One of the beautiful things about coaching is that I feel like your business kind of evolves to what your clients Mm -hmm. need. And it's just Mm -hmm. a really like symbiotic relationship, which is awesome. But yeah, reflecting back, you know, I think like honestly, stress management and learning about how to regulate my nervous system in order to undo the years and years and years of being at a really high baseline of stress was the foundation for me healing both my substance abuse and my eating disorders. Like it truly enabled my subconscious to feel safe, actually even thinking about unhashing those things Mm -hmm. and like really diving deep. I don't think I would have been able to do it without regulating my nervous system first. So Mm -hmm. in a nutshell, that's, (laughs) that's the whole kind of timeline, but yeah. Wow. And 
it is so important to understand what is driving the addiction. Mm -hmm. And often what I see with specifically with entrepreneurs or CEOs who are working really, really hard, there is this addiction to the doing right. because they don't feel worthy of actually stepping into their healthiest version of themselves. Right. Or they don't believe inherently that they are worthy unless they achieve a certain level of success. Right. And I think so many of us do this in multiple ways and this plays out in different aspects. It doesn't mean you have to be a CEO or an entrepreneur, but I'm curious for you, was there that relationship to worthiness that you had to dive into and how are you supporting your clients with that? Because I think that is the key to most of our healing, right? Is diving to, wow, I am worthy of letting go of this addiction. I am worthy of stepping into a career that isn't 70 hours a week, you know, impacting my health and well-being in a negative way. I'm worthy of a career that supports the relationships that I desire as well. And, and I can have a happy, healthy balance in that regard too. So I'm just curious for you, what that piece of worthiness was and how you're currently supporting individuals around this specific area. Absolutely. That's such a great question. I think, you know, it really was shocking to me when I stopped using alcohol as a coping mechanism, how little I knew about myself. And, you know, and I was like definitely physically dependent on alcohol, but I had a lot of people in my life who were pretty shocked. They were like, you need to give up alcohol. So it was something that which I think is more common than we'd like to think. Mm -hmm. And so it was this kind of jolting experience of like, I'll never forget it. I would be like laying on my bed and staring at the ceiling and just being like, it sounds so meta, but I just be like, who am I? Like, what do I like to do? Like, who do I like to be around? What do I like to talk about? Because it had really turned into this, it was almost just an extra in other people's movies all the time. You know, I wasn't really thinking for myself. And I think that that was the real moment where I was like, wow, not only do I have no self-worth, but I don't have a sense of self. And I think that that's something that actually goes hand in hand quite a bit where people mm -hmm. are constantly, you know, living their life for shoulds, all the things they should be doing, all of the things that, you know, they grew up thinking they had to do, like people pleasing a lot, something I see a lot with my clients. And we're taught to think that taking care of ourselves is selfish, but I think that when you start taking care of yourself, you innately develop a higher self-worth. And mm -hmm. the irony in it is like, I remember being pretty fearful of like becoming a narcissist or something, you know, because I was like, I'm spending all this time like healing myself. And, but the irony is really when you get to that level of inner peace and self-worth, it removes the focus on yourself. Like everything becomes about helping other people and support, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. having mm -hmm. a better community and the worth becomes about like living your life and affecting others. And so with my clients, I really start with, I mean, one, I do a lot of stress management that is linked to symptoms of anxiety. And I obviously, anytime that there's any type of diagnosis or anything, that's not my realm. There's therapists for that. But for just like, you know, those moments of feeling anxious and not being able to like remove yourself from the experience. I work really closely with my clients on mindfulness in the mundane mm -hmm. and being able to like understand the concept of, you know, you are not your thoughts. Your anxiety is not a character flaw or like something wrong with you. It's just an experience. And I think that once you're able to kind of quiet that inner critic and see it as something that is not literally a part of yourself, then you're able to work on your self-worth because you see that you're just so much more than these inner dialogues and the societal expectations and all of those things. So 
I think it's really rooted to answer your question. I think it's really rooted in that mindfulness of like everyday moments and kind of learning how to do active meditation and be present. And then your focus becomes more about your well-being, just kind of automatically, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. And the focus becomes going inward versus looking, like you said, externally and saying, who have I become in this environment? Because we become so disconnected when we're surrounded specifically. And I think that vibration is transferred. So if you're in the frequency of everyone around you having anxiety, everyone around you having stress, everyone around you working until 10 PM and not ever seeing a sunset, then that is what you're becoming. And then that fosters what we would say, oh, well, that's normal. It's normal for me to behave this way. And we've completely disconnected from ourselves. But in the disconnection, we also feel terrified because we're like, we're becoming further and further away from ourselves. But to turn around and look back at like, who am I now? It requires that courageous step to say, what if my whole life doesn't fit who I truly am? Does that mean I have to burn down all of these aspects of who I am externally? And that can feel really, really terrifying for so many people. And I'm sure you work on this with your clients is that it's not about burning down, you know, all these different aspects of your life. It's about, it's about recognizing what needs to shift internally so that you can vibrationally attract a new aspect of being. I wanted to shift a little bit into this idea of doing less and accomplishing more because I'm one of those people that feels like I always have to be doing. And I Mm -hmm. am surrounded by so many entrepreneurs that get so much more done. (laughs) And I started being like, what is going on here? And one of my best friends, Amanda Bucci was sharing with me and she was in a mastermind about how doing more with less time is really about like plugging the leaks setting really clear boundaries, coming into alignment with what our deepest desires are. So those things come first, connecting to our value sets. Um, And so you talk a lot about this in terms of improving your client's life so that they can do less work or do less in their business, but then accomplish more in terms of self-care and stepping into their well-being. And so I'm curious how you approach this topic and, and kind of some of the mindset shifts in order for people to dissolve this story that accomplishing a lot and having a bank account, you know, filled up into what they desire is, is the result of, I would assume as a struggle, or I would assume that that is coming from wounding, which would be that there's a struggle necessary in order to get there. Right. Yeah. I work with a lot of people who kind of self-identify as perfectionists or overachievers. Mm -hmm. And I think the key here, you kind of nailed it, is to live in integrity with your values. And a lot of people think that values are like moral, like you're doing good things or bad things. And something that I've learned through experience, but also research and kind of looking at the people that I know who live in integrity and are very free and, you know, happy in their lives. And it really has more to do with doing what you want to be doing, like what you desire Mm -hmm. to be doing. And this goes for your business too. Like I've had a lot of clients recently actually with this pattern of feeling this pressure to do things a certain way in their business even though they don't enjoy it and they don't want to be doing it. And they tell themselves a story that it's the only way to do things because it's how they see people launching on Instagram or whatever, you know? And so I've been kind of case studying, like I had one client recently where she had family in town and she was taking her daughters and their cousins to the beach every day at two. They live in Hawaii. 
And she was like, I feel really guilty because I'm like launching right now and I'm leaving it too to go do this thing. And I was like, well, how's your launch going? And she was like, better than I've ever had before. And I'm like, well, this is, you're doing it. Like you're literally living in your integrity of what you want your life to look like. And, you know, like you've mentioned that attracts the vibration of what you desire. And I think that something that's kind of fascinating, I'm really on board with like the, the pieces that are being taught right now online about manifestation. But I think something that's missing from a lot of the messages is that right now is the only actual tangible thing that we have, like the future and the Mm -hmm. past don't really exist. And so constantly focusing on these parameters that you're setting for yourself that are rooted in the future really rob you of the journey of being an entrepreneur. And I think that the more you can obviously have aspirations and be hopeful for your future the more you can ground yourself in creating a definition of success that you can embody right now, mm-hmm. just really, I think, works wonders for people's well-being because you're able to be like, wow, like look around and say like, this is my definition of success. You know, I have a great family and community and I'm doing what I love and I'm serving my clients and like, just try to make your list first about the things you already have and the gratitude there. Mm-hmm. And then everything else is kind of a bonus that you strive for. and. I really think that one of the keys is just defining success for yourself, truly, you know? Absolutely. I think it's so important and it's something I personally have struggled with and I've been going through it recently where I went from working a significant amount to not being able to work a significant amount specifically because of IVF, Mm -hmm. how I was feeling with the hormones, going through a two and a half year infertility Mm -hmm. journey, Mm -hmm. multiple endometriosis doctors. Like I felt like I was at doctors every single day for many, many months. And I remember connecting with my friends and just feeling so out of place. And I was like, I feel like I'm not going to have a seat at the table or I'm not going Mm -hmm. to be relevant if I don't have a business to, you know, support each other in our launches and Mm -hmm. mail and do all of the things that you know, online looks like and appears to be like, okay, you have a successful business if. And I had to come back to my truth, which was the exact same question that you ask your clients that my coach asked me was, what is your value right now? Your value right now is, is maybe not impacting as many lives, but it's to start a family. And so reorienting to my truth has been so powerful versus being like, I have to push really hard And for me, that's looked like slowing my practice down and having one-on-one coaching and that being the bulk of what I'm doing and doing my podcast, but, you know, not pushing multiple podcasts in one day. (laughs) Like there's been so many things that I've had to reorient to. And every time that I had to let something go, it was like an ego death. It was was like this moment of of like, oh my gosh, what what is going on? How am I going to let this go and then let this go and let this go? And I was talking to a hypnotherapist today and she just said that this whole re-evolution of yourself will be worth it because the desire that you have right now is for family. And, and it's in that surrender, right? The surrender to what it is that we deeply care about, but mm-hmm. we get lost in what we care about when we're online, right. <laughs> searching totally for everyone else's opinions and stories and right. what makes them happy. So I absolutely, absolutely love that. Something else I wanted to dive a little bit into is this idea of imposter syndrome, because mm-hmm. I'm sure you see this a lot where you have maybe entrepreneurs or health coaches or people in, in high-level spaces like CEOs where they feel like they can't step into their role mm-hmm. until they've 
potentially healed their trauma or healed their past or have the qualifications, right? And these qualifications are usually an illusion of the mind because usually right. everyone is overqualified. <laughs> totally. And so I'm curious if, if you could share just a little bit about how you help people with, you know, stepping into this level of confidence and really understanding that it's mostly related to the mind. So much of what we're holding back, right, is the mind. And so how do you help people move through those stories and beliefs around confidence, stepping into the role they desire, understanding their qualifications are enough, Mm -hmm. that level of work? Definitely. One reason why I'm so passionate about stress management and learning how to self-regulate the nervous system is because it empowers you to think about these things from a different perspective and it helps your subconscious Mm -hmm. feel safe in order to do so. So working with my clients first on that. And then I'm also kind of like this, I have like a, a very polarized view of this stuff where I'm also obsessed with like science and data in order to drive decisions. So Mm -hmm. really helping my clients, you know, one thing that's super powerful actually is making sure that they have the systems and structure in order to feel like they can lead a team. So I've helped, I was actually just helping a client recently who has a couple warehouses of a microgreens company and Mm. she has, I think about 20 employees and even just setting up like workflows for her to share with her team and like getting everyone on the same page with their value statement and having you know, training manual, like things that are like pretty Mm -hmm. simple, but they really empowered her to like come to meetings and feel like she can lead them and like have a plan for them. And I think that there is a lot of value in taking the time to set up your business like a business and Mm -hmm. empowering yourself in that light. But another thing that this is just a theory, so I can't say that there's any definitive like proof that this is connected, but something that makes a lot of sense to me is kind of the role that the Dunning-Kruger effect could have on imposter syndrome, where mm-hmm. when you're mm-hmm. an expert, you tend to you know, consider all of the knowledge and information that's out there because you've learned so much that you're like, there's so much to this. Like, how can I be an expert? And when you're first learning something, you tend to be much more confident in your ability to lead. And so I think just having that basic understanding can, helps my clients a lot to be like, oh, okay, like maybe this questioning that's going on is actually a sign that I'm an expert. And to just always keep a beginner's mind, but that doesn't mean that you can't lead. I also think it's so important to be reminded of the fact that when you have been led in your life, did you want someone to be perfect and have every single answer? Or did you want them to kind of reach back and help you come forward and also learn from you and have it be this relationship that was beneficial? You know, like we don't actually want leaders that are just, you know, have their backs to us and are walking and being like, come with me. (laughs) So just remembering that as you're stepping into the role, I think can be really powerful Mm -hmm. and obviously challenging my clients to really consider, you know, Byron, Katie's truth questions are always a great Mm -hmm. example of like, is the story true? How can I tell that it's true? Because so much, like you said, of the things that we tell ourselves about, especially about leadership and talking ourselves out of taking risks is just literally made up. So having those dialogues are really important. I think the beauty of social media right now, and I always try to to find the (laughs) 
the gifts in it, right? Because totally. there are like the days I go on and I'm down the rabbit hole of mm-hmm. comparison so quickly. Mm-hmm. But I think the beauty of it right now is that we are coming to a place where it is empowering to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I think as leaders, that's the role of just saying, I don't have all the answers. That's why you're on the team. Right. And that's why you're here. And you're here to support in getting curious, asking the questions, coming up with new ideas. And, and I don't know everything. And I think right. that that is the approach, whether you're a business owner or not, that's the approach we should take with our relationships. That's mm-hmm. the approach we should take with our health and our well-being. That's the approach we should take when we go to the doctor's office is like having the open dialogue of getting curious and asking questions versus just putting this doctor on a pedestal and assuming that they have everything lined up and specifically for our healing. And so the curiosity piece and the vulnerable piece is beautifully interconnected, Mm -hmm. right? Of saying, okay, I don't have all the answers and, and I'm open to being curious. And I think if we can go into that mindset shift more and more, it's going to a lot for a world where we're no longer, like I said before, putting people on these pedestals. And then if they make a mistake, we have a judgment of them because we assumed they were perfect. And I think we have to dissolve that side of it as well, right? It's not just the side of allowing ourselves the mistake, but it's allowing the people that we put on pedestals to make mistakes and not be disappointed in that. Or if we are disappointed, noticing our own trigger in that experience. Absolutely. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's something I'm personally <laughs> trying to work on. It's interesting because I'm I'm always in the curiosity of how do I let go of and dissolve sort of these judgments. And sometimes the judgment is just a thought. So it's definitely been an experience for me lately. You had shared a post, and I'm trying to remember the exact words, but it was about how leaders preach, so we could just shift into this, about that we shouldn't care what people think. Mm -hmm. And I love this post because you were making a really good argument against this in the sense that there is still this radical responsibility that although we shouldn't care what people think, or we shouldn't set up the belief that we aren't or have any impact on those around us. Mm -hmm. I just wanted to dive a little bit more into that because I think that that's such a powerful mindset shift because so many people right now don't care what people Mm -hmm. think, write what you want. It's time to have a voice. You know, it's time to stand up all good things, but yet our vibration and energy is still impacting those around us. I think there's so many nuances in, you know, social media. So just like you, I have my moments all the time where I'm like, okay, find the great parts of this. Yeah. But I think that that's one of the messages right now that's pretty pervasive, that's missing a lot of nuance. And this comes back to just our human need for acceptance from the group. This is something that survival has depended on it. So to just completely disregard what other humans think of us, I think is just an overly simplified kind of advice. And if you're someone who isn't familiar with true leadership and like what it means to be a leader, I think that it can get really skewed to be dismissive and create really harmful messages online. I see it quite a bit where it's like, you know, people are teaching inflammatory kind of things and not taking responsibility for it out of this belief that they don't have to care what anyone thinks. And I think that it's much harder to take responsibility for your influence and Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. definitely get to a place where you're, you know, what people may say about you or their judgments of you aren't going to hurt you, but that you're still aware of the impact that you're making. I just think it's such an important piece that isn't talked about enough, you know? Absolutely. And connecting with it and saying, does this align going back to my values? Right. And I'm not going to just put something out there to make money. And then what I see often is there's this unethical way of doing business, but then on the back end, it's like, well, I'm going to donate to this cause. 
and it's in contradiction to what's present and online. And I've noticed in my own practice, like I constantly am in question of, is this in alignment? Is what I'm saying now in alignment? And if I go back on my old posts, I used to say things I would never say now. And so <laughs> right. there is this evolution where we get to upgrade our awareness and, and our consciousness, but it's important as you're sharing whatever you're putting out there into the world, whatever you're saying, whatever you're public about to really connect with, is this my truth? Is this from a trigger? Is this from a wound? My husband just got called in to do consulting for a business. And you know, it's a business that is very much against what I coach and teach mm -hmm. about. Mm -hmm. And so from my trigger, I did some breath work and I sat down and I said, you know, I would just dive a little bit deeper into what you're supporting from a marketing side because you're blowing up a message that is disconnected right. from our truths. Right. And it was really interesting to have that conversation because in his head, to him, it's a job. Mm -hmm. And he got to have this really beautiful learning experience through it that I probably wouldn't have been aware of several years ago. So Absolutely. it's constantly just having that compassionate conversation too with the people that we love and are around us and other entrepreneurs without, you know, and I've caught myself in so many things. So I'm not by any means <laughs> saying I'm perfect, but it's just about the inquiry, right? Coming back totally. to the Katie Byron work of really looking within and saying, is this true? And is this my truth? And is it aligned? And I think operating from that abundance place too of like, you know, I work with clients on making sure they're aligned fully when they work with affiliates or when they mm -hmm. take on partnerships with people. And instead of just reacting to like, oh, this is an opportunity. Yes. Like actually taking the time to align because, you know, there's enough for everyone. And if people are matched up with their values, like that's going to create a really beautiful mm -hmm. energy for the world. So I'm like very passionate about building conscious businesses. So I love yes. doing that work too. Yeah, I love that. And I think it is so important to really get your team members on board too, or mm -hmm. anyone who's in your space or environment, whether that's your partner or your friends or your community, totally. just witnessing, you know, how they're in their experience, how you are in yours without judgment, just being a witness to how it's impacting you. Because I remember even just with some social media posts of sharing different products and services, I had to train my PR girl specifically, like, I won't do anything with these type of chemicals. I won't mm -hmm. do, you know, you need mm -hmm. to make sure it's not animal cruelty. Like I went through the whole list and I would have never set those parameters a few years ago. And so, right. you know, that's just coming into alignment and trusting that there's abundance mm -hmm. that is like you said, connected to your value set. Because I believe, I'm curious your thoughts, but I believe when we go out of it and we know we're out of integrity, mm -hmm. it actually is more harmful to our health and well-being. Oh, totally. That's actually like one of the, you know, they always say that anxiety is created when you're ripped out of the present moment. So like future and mm -hmm. past worrying. And I think that even deeper than that is so much of our society's anxiety is truly because people are walking around living out of integrity constantly. I mean, I think that even just saying yes to like a brunch date that you don't want to go to or like whatever Absolutely. thing that kind of seems silly, I think can actually stir up quite a bit of inner turmoil for people that's on a subconscious level. So yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And my friend in Q is a poet. His real name is Adam, but he goes by in Q and he has this poem that says, I looked at my Instagram and wished I had my life, which mm -hmm. literally as I was sitting there hearing that, I was like, like, mm. holy shit, like so many people are living in that reality. Oh, and I yeah. know that reality because that was my life as a model. Mm -hmm. And luckily Instagram wasn't around then, but <laughs> I know that feeling, right? Where it's like mm. the outward facing experience is different than how we feel internally. And so right. 
think from a health and wellness perspective and a well-being perspective, specifically with anxiety, it's coming back to, am I forward-facing a life that isn't my truest expression of myself? And what would it mean to shift into that so that I can attract the people who are empowered by the way that I truly, truly want to live? Right. I wanted to dive into kind of these core principles of your work with businesses really quick so people can Mm -hmm. understand what these foundations are so that if they want to work with you or dive in deeper, they can understand kind of these, I don't know if they're compartments or how you would define them, but these Mm -hmm. different areas that you deep dive into mindset shifts and creating awareness around. Yeah. So I have a program actually starting on June 7th where we're doing, it's called the embodied CEO. So I'm helping entrepreneurs essentially, obviously with stress management, which ends up being more of like laying the foundation to operate a business without sacrificing your well-being. And then I work very closely with my clients on amplifying their vision. So kind of like giving them sight is the way that I like to think about it. And this has a lot to do with defining success for yourself, aligning all of your decisions in your business with your values and making sure that you're living in integrity, which also comes down to like, do you need to take Friday off because you're tired? And that's like living in integrity by giving your body what it needs. So stuff like that. And then I'm teaching on synchronicity. So this is something that is a little new for my practice, but I feel so strongly that so many entrepreneurs, especially a lot of the women that I've worked with have a tough time figuring out how to live in integrity because they've gotten so far from their intuition and like really being Mm. able to trust themselves and have that self-worth and that confidence. So really kind of pulling from what I teach on integrity and values and then turning that into more of a just embodiment of synchronicity in your life and your business and kind of finding the harmony between the two. And and then lastly, just really deep dive in self-trust. I think that cultivating confidence and having like the follow through to actually execute on the things that you want to do is very powerful. And I think that's something that I see all the time is that people come to me and like the main things are like, I need to get more done. I'm not disciplined enough. I'm not getting enough done. And I need help with that. I need to perform better. And I always feel kind of like like I'm tricking them, you know, because I'm like, okay. And then I'm like, well, we're not doing that. (laughs) Instead, I'm going to teach you exactly how to like execute on the right things. Mm -hmm. I forget who posted this the other day, man, I wish I could remember, but I think it was Ariana Huffington, actually. She posted something that was like the difference between like really successful people and not is the ability to say no for the right things. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's so powerful to just know that you can't do everything. And it's actually not about doing more. It's about saying yes to the right things. Like you can just exist authentically in your business, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's really, it's kind of like the best of personal development and (laughs) business coaching, but it's all rooted in feeling safe doing all these things, taking risks and having confidence in yourself. And Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. And it's so interesting because I think so often we believe, okay, to be more successful in my business, I need to go to these business masterminds and I need to get strategy and I need to put funnels in. And then if there's a sabotaging energy or an energy of unworthiness or the ability to let go and have other people lead or manage certain projects, or, you know, maybe there's a story of, I can't be a mom and an entrepreneur at the Mm -hmm. same time. There's so many things that come up, right? And so we can't just focus on the business. It's like focusing on only the physical and health And then forgetting about the fact that we have a mind and an operating system and we have emotions and we have trauma and we have a connection to what people call source or the divine. And so we have to bring all of this into congruence. And that's what I love specifically about your work and just having this conversation because it's so applicable across all domains 
yet we are in a society that forgets that. And then we wonder why we're spending all this money on business coaching, but nothing is internally shifting or shifting our, our bank account. So I love that. And just so grateful you're doing this work and supporting so many, so many different entrepreneurs. I'm curious if people want to find more about your work and your practices and connecting with you. What's the best place for them to dive deeper or to get in contact with you? Instagram is probably the best and I'm at Courtney Peacock underscore. And then my website is just CourtneyPeacock.com. Pretty easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. Easy, easy. And we'll drop everything below. So awesome. everyone will be able to connect with you. Thank you so much for being here. And just, yeah. I know you just settled into your new home and you've, you've been on, <laughs> on the traveling route for the last couple of weeks, but thank you for just being here and showing up and holding space for such a beautiful conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. What a powerful conversation with Courtney. I am so glad that we were able to unpack the vicious cycles of stress and negativity and really consider new ways to unlock balance and harmony in our lives. And so I want to leave you with a few things to consider. And so if you were to take a moment to close your eyes, connect with your heart, and really think about your work or career, and you were to focus on one word to describe the energy of the time that you spend at work? What is the first word that comes to mind? And so for many of us, the first word is negativity, toxicity, maybe stress. And so first, I want you to know that you're not alone. And second, I want you to know that this feeling towards your work is often a biological response. It's a biological response to stay in negativity. And so studies have actually shown that human brains are wired to record the negative more strongly as a survival technique. And so from an evolutionary standpoint, we have to remember how to stay safe. It's also a tendency in most social circles to use the negativity as a way of bonding with other people, specifically colleagues. And so bonding has its own reward. And so we can continue in the same behavior until it becomes ingrained in our awareness. And so simply put, negativity can often be a habit and we have to take ourselves out of that habit to recognize how we're living day to day. And so if this is true for you and your work environment, I want to encourage you this week to focus on unraveling it. I encourage you this week to consider meditating on your relationship to work. What needs to happen in order for you to shift your relationship to your day-to-day career. Next, I encourage you to examine and become aware of your triggers. What is feeling challenging at work? Why? What is showing up for you and how can you shift it? I encourage you to examine your current relationships at work. What's working, what isn't? Begin to recognize what you need to shift to break your routine throughout the day, to shift to a happier, healthier you. And next, begin to cultivate a gratitude practice for the awareness that shows up, for the answers that show up, for the ability to recognize what is no longer working. And so take this week to really sit with yourself, to meditate, to journal, on what places in your career are not serving you, what places in your work are no longer serving you, and what 
needs to shift in order for you to step into an inspired, creative, fulfilling career that you deeply, deeply love. And so this week, I also encourage you and invite you to join the awesome Inside Out Facebook group. It's a private, safe space filled with beautiful hearts coming together to encourage and uplift one another. And for everyone who's already part of that group, thank you so much for helping us build such a beautiful community together. And if you enjoyed today's conversation, I recommend listening to my podcast with Serena Poon as she shares how to create a more spiritual approach to a life you love. Also, drop me a message on Instagram if you've been listening to these podcasts and let me know what's been resonating. What do you want to hear more about and how can I support you in becoming happier and healthier? You can find me always on Instagram at Sarah Ann Stewart. And until next time, I'm sending you so much love, a massive virtual hug, and I trust that you will have a beautiful, incredible week ahead. All right, that concludes this podcast. It is my honor to always share with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You are here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feeling of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here, you are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. And if you benefit from it, it would mean the world to me if you could please spread this movement and share it with one person who you know would also benefit. We are all in this together, so thank you for being here and part of this movement.